you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. It is gumbo time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the only show in all of cyberspace and in all of regular space that celebrates the universe's single bowl of perfection, a bowl of gumbo. Joining you today, as always, are the left eye, T-Boz and Chili of Gumbo Talk. I am Thayman Roberts in Southeast Louisiana, Brent Barksdale in Northern Texas, and Dave Huguenel in North Virginia. What's happening, fellas? TLC. That's right. That's who we are. What is up? Best, best band of the millennium. What was that song, Dave, that you like so much? I mean, it's it's these songs, the quintessential song. It's Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, or just Waterfalls, right? I think it's They're just like, called Waterfalls, right? Waterfalls. Yeah. But but you can't say don't go you can't say waterfalls without saying don't go chasing. Cause like that's just it's so I good. always I always thought it was interesting that the next line was stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. <laughs> right? That's the next <laughs> line of that song. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. What's the next right? line? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, no idea. Doesn't but matter. I'm trying, I am speaking to of speaking of water. Yeah, we're we're post hurricane famous. Right. So, uh, we took a couple weeks off to uh, get trees off your house and whatever yep. else. So what happened to you? We're in tech. I was in Texas. I'm fine. Yeah. Dave's in Virginia. He had a little rain. What about you, Famin? How did it go for you in the hurricane? Well, I, I can tell you, um, it's it's been a. It's been a rough week. What's today? Today we're recording on a Monday, Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day. It's it's been a, a pretty rough nine days or so for Southeast Louisiana. I'm fine. Family's fine. We're all good. Uh, we did have a tree laid down on the house, but uh, minimal damage uh, when you have a tree laid down in the house. So we're all good. Um, I wish I could say the same for the rest of the state, uh, especially the Southeast portion. I've been, you guys know my, my day job. I I do something else. And um, this is not my full-time gig, believe it or not, despite these professional uh, podcast hosting qualities you're getting. Um, I've been out, I've had a chance to see a lot of the, the destruction and and a lot of the damage wrought by Hurricane Ida in New Orleans and and uh, in the surrounding communities, especially Grand Isle Lafitte, um, Jefferson Parish, St. Charles Parish, Lafourche Parish stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, this is going to be one that people are going to be talking about for years and years and years. Um, I've never seen us uh, in the immediate aftermath of the storm. So uh, Monday morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, I've never seen that many trees down. I mean, it was just everywhere you went, there were trees everywhere. And in some places, and I'm not talking about in country areas, like on I guess Monday or Tuesday, I went to drive, it was, must have been Monday morning, I went to drive into Kenner, for instance, and there were so many streets that were just impassable, uh, either by trees or because power, not just power lines, but telephone poles had been blown over into the street and were just lying there. Uh, I've driven over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of power lines uh, because as you may have seen, one of the big transmission towers went down and just knocked out power to everyone in the New Orleans metro area. And so they were all dead. Um, so I wasn't here for Katrina, um, but I don't ever remember seeing 
destruction like that on such a wide scale. Like I drove to Grand Isle on Tuesday and it's a two and a half hour drive or so. And just the further south you go, the more like, like every, it basically everywhere looked like a tornado had gone through. It was just, uh, was just violent, terrible. You had to drive around power, power, uh, power lines and telephone poles that were down. Parts of the road to Grand Isle were completely, you know, uh, were washed out. You just had to kind of pick your way over the roadbed and and so on and so forth. And I, I saw Lafitte. Lafitte had several feet of water in it when I was there. One of the bridges there was knocked out. So some people have no way to get to their house by car. They have to take a boat. So speaking of uh, boats in Grand Isle and all these places, they move all the I know sometimes they tie the boats up, but they move them out. Were there a lot of boats? I assume so. You know? I did not. I did not in Grand Isle, especially. I did not see a lot of boats, and in Lafitte, yeah. I did not see a lot of boats. Yeah. There, they know to get them out of a, there. A lot of boats parked there. Um, so yeah, it was. It's a. Uh, I mean, Grand Isle. For those of you familiar with South Louisiana, um, somebody joked that it's sort of like Louisiana's version of Martha's Vineyard, uh, except much more campy and uh sort of grittier and and it really is and the people down there there's there's not a ton of permanent residents maybe a couple thousand um they're used to this but even many of them had never seen never seen destruction like this i mean grand isle i'd be surprised if there's a single structure there that doesn't have at least some damage just uh and some you know, people stayed right and uh, yeah, a very small number of people stayed and and just an indication means 2021. Um, the outside world lost contact with Grand Isle for more than 24 hours. Like the, the electricity was out, the power was out, cell service went down. Um, even like radios and stuff, they just couldn't get them. So it was, uh, I, know, I know on Monday, somebody flew a helicopter over the island and some of the firemen came and gave them a thumbs up. And that's how they were like, okay, I guess things, you know, nobody's dead or in need of urgent medical attention. Um, that's how bad it was. Just, uh, hey, how's the gas lines were like, my mom was in Baton Rouge, lost mm -hmm. electricity. She got it back pretty quickly where she lives, mm -hmm. but because there was lines for gas and all that, I'm like, Hey, just come to Texas. So she flew here. So she's here, uh, just for a week, just, just to let everything cool down or things get a little bit back to normal how are the gas lines in the new orleans area the covington area where you're where you're at like, getting... so i got gas today pretty much no problem in mm -hmm. covington um and that was welcome i've been looking for gas for a couple of days still still a lot of stations just completely without gas you just drive past station after station that has caution tape across the entrance or bags over every one of the pumps um the lines my perception on the on the South Shore is that they've been getting shorter, but mm -hmm. you still will face a long line for gas. I checked this morning, Entergy listed 148,000 customers in Jefferson Parish and something like 90,000 in um, in Orleans Parish. Those are customers, not people. So it's more people than that, still without power. So widespread power outages still on the South Shore. Uh, gas is, I think it's getting better. But it's it's still not easy or ideal. And it's so, gas for cars, but also gas for generators. Gas and as for they cars, get power, yeah. they don't need gas for their generators. So that's less demand. So right. It's better. Yep. Gas. Yeah. It's uh. <clears throat> so for a couple of days, it was it was 
pretty apocalyptic. It, I think it's it's on the mend now, but we are eight days since the storm hit. It's It's been a long eight days. And while we're just talking about this, I'm gonna go ahead and give my plug, you know, for Second Harvest, uh, Food Bank especially, they've been doing a lot of great work. So uh, if anybody would He's like to- Covington, come back to us. Oh, oh he, did I, I mean, payment. So we lost you, but sometimes it still records. So um, it doesn't yeah. really matter. We can cut that out. If not, we'll keep going if we can hear it. Yeah, well, but, my internet connection is unstable is what Zoom is telling me, which is a product of the primitive conditions I'm living in. No, it's yes. not primitive, it's fine. Um, I was a, just saying, let me give my- a comfy for, chair. Yeah, for uh, for Second Harvest Food Bank. They've been doing a lot of good work and, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are in serious need, so- um, it's been it's been a tough one, but as you know, as they always say, South Louisianans are resilient people. We're going to build back better. We always oh, say gosh. these things. Um, and then LSU happened. So, but let's let's be honest. We knew that was going to happen. We had injuries. We were in Houston for a week before the game. UCLA was full of seniors, and they had a a, a game the week before to, yes. to iron out any kinks. I mean, we were going in a buzzsaw. I thought, and you know, it happened, but. We'll see. I, I just I'm I'm just happy because I've been consistently fire at Orgeron and there was a <laughs> you know obviously that did not work well for me when we won the national championship. <laughs> so I'm glad that it's come full circle. Uh, and I, I don't I, I don't feel like I have to like be on the Ed well, Orgeron train anymore. If he loses this week, I don't I think you're gonna get your wish, but well, I think he'll beat McNeese. They're playing McNeese this week, so yeah. I, I think he'll probably be all right. But you, the fire at Orgeron losses could could be coming a little bit later in the season. We'll see how things how SEC things is go. tough these days. Uh it is tough and getting tougher. I know. Um so anyway, yeah, it's it's great to be back recording. I texted you guys like in the middle of the week last week or something. I can't remember what it was and I was like I'd seriously oh no, it was right before the storm and I was like I'd seriously love to record uh because this podcast is so much fun and uh, well, I didn't get to do it for a week. Because you were stuck in a hotel room uh, during the storm in New Orleans, the, work, I, okay, so true, with no power. Yeah, the storm happened on Sunday night. I was in the hotel Sunday night, but I realized the hotel was about to basically become Lord of the Flies, New Orleans style, with no power and as the heat went up and no lights and everybody having to use the stairwells and all this stuff. And so I, I did bail out of the hotel early Monday morning with a colleague of mine. And Smart. I'm almost ashamed to admit this. We went to his parents' house. They had evacuated, and uh, they had a whole home generator. Nice. So, uh, we yeah. didn't have internet. We didn't necessarily have cell phone all the time, but uh, had AC. We, we did have air conditioning. That's all that matters. Yeah, it was so, the, greatest, uh, the greatest decision I've ever made. So we were going to record a couple weeks ago and talk about you had a trip to uh, North Dakota or South Dakota. South What's Dakota, the difference? baby. So I was What's the say, does, does it matter which Dakota it was? I know. It's, it's one of those. I'm going to say now as a as a connoisseur, connoisseur, however you say that word, as a veteran of South Dakota, it absolutely matters. Yeah, that's true. I've never There's been to North Dakota, the, but the Badlands, I, the I'm Mount gonna, Rushmore. I did I saw all those things. Yeah. Saw Badlands National Park. I'm gonna tell you that the southwestern corner of South Dakota is incredibly beautiful. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, it's not like quite like Mount, like Rocky Mountains. It's not; they're not that big. But the Black Hills of South Dakota are beautiful mm -hmm. and amazing. Um, How's and the gumbo? 
Uh, well, I'll get to that in just a second, but let me say this real quick. The, the southwestern corner of South Dakota is beautiful and amazing, and Badlands National Park is, uh, it's, it's just amazing, and Mount Rushmore is super cool, and the people are really, really nice, and uh, they have a restaurant that serves gumbo in Rapid City. Mm-hmm. And? And that's the best thing I can say is that it serves gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> or it's our soup. Uh-oh. Now, okay, so let me let me break down this gumbo a little bit for you, by the way. Um, this restaurant, uh, it's called the Firehouse Brewing Company, and it's a very nice restaurant. It's very, uh, it's exactly the kind of restaurant I like. You know, it's very chimesy. It's, it's sort of big inside, and uh, they bring you big cups of drink, and they just refill them, and um, all the, the, like, regular appetizers and stuff we had, were, were great. The sandwiches were great. Um, they do have a, a gumbo on the menu, um, and it was uh, $17, I think, $14 wow. or $17. Um, now that I've, I've been doing this, i got to actually pull up my picture of the menu. Is it seafood gumbo? Because Okay, so it is, it is both seafood and, um, uh, and some chicken. And on Dewey, I'm going to read you the description. Uh, this is, uh, it's our famous gumbo. It's, it was because it's firehouse. So they, they name everything after like uh, types of fire. So uh, this was called spontaneous heating. And they said our famous gumbo combines chicken, andouille sausage, shrimp, clams, and okra in a spicy Creole sauce served, served over seasoned harvest rice. Um, and it also notes that it's loved by the Food Network's Rachel Ray. So, uh, so hold on. I, this Rachel Ray, the one that had what, what did she? Yeah, she, gumbo? She, she had tuna in her gumbo. Tuna or something crazy. All right. Well, so I'm going to tell you uh, the gumbo arrives in a big bowl. It's it's uh, it's got a little bit of a blondish roux kind of color. It's a little bit yellowish. I think I sent you guys a picture of it. But I'll, it's chock full of meat, big chunks of Trinity, um, lots of sausage, lots of shrimp, a uh, good bit of chicken, um, and so it had a very it was a thick consistency, um, and it the the andouille sausage was a little bit more like spicy smoked sausage. Um, it it didn't have too much of a smoky flavor, but I will tell you this: it was spicy. And the gumbo was very spicy. And uh, it didn't have necessarily a bad taste. Uh, it was probably, I mean, it was a little too spicy for me, uh, honestly. Uh, the sausage was, the spice, a lot of it was coming from the sausage. And so I asked our waiter if they prepared a roux for the gumbo um, because it was nice and thick. And I was gonna ask him how they did the roux. And, um, he was a very good waiter. I don't I don't remember his name off the top of his head, but he had no idea. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, oh, okay. I was just curious. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. And I was like, all right, all right, great. Um, but then he he conceded that maybe for gumbo uh, lovers like ourselves, it wasn't the greatest gumbo. It was, a, it was an interesting effort and could perhaps provide someone a little bit of a window into good South Louisiana gumbo it was very thick, um, and uh, 
So yeah, that was the uh, that was South Dakota gumbo. We moved on to the more specialties of the house, which involved burgers and that sort of thing, which were all great. So I, th- I think they need to update their menu. So it says "Love" by Rachel Ray, and then "quote unquote" interesting effort by Thayman Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, nice, nice try. I mean, it, look, this place I should have looked it up. It is like twelve hundred miles from from Louisiana. So. Um, Oh, and then I did. I meant to talk about the, you know, perhaps the way they they could have made it significantly better um, was instead of using the harvest rice, which has some crunchy bits in it, and I think the rice was just a little bit undercooked, and so the, the crunchy parts, the crunchy long grain parts, they should just use plain white rice. Just get some white rice, make it a little clumpy, put it in there, and that would make the the gumbo part better. Because it's a yeah, consistency yeah. problem when your rice is crunchy. I mean, I've seen I've seen and had enough bowls of gumbo to where you know if someone says there's clams in the gumbo, I'm like, okay, that's unique. I haven't seen it before, but I'll allow it. You know, mixing the sausage and chicken with seafood is fine. When I see seasoned harvest rice, mm-hmm. when you texted me that photo, that's mm-hmm. that to me was the red flag. That's like, okay, yeah. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna get anything back from Feynman besides interesting effort <laughs> <laughs> as his feedback. I, I appreciate what they were doing. Consistency, very good. Uh, protein content, high, which I like, as you know. Big Chunky Trinity, which we know. The best. Is, is yeah, is not maybe not the greatest. Flavor, interesting effort. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I right. feel like I would have enjoyed talking with the guy who made it a little bit and just saying, listen, just right. do a couple little things. And this will be, <laughs> this will be. Now, true, you know. get out of my way let me show you how it's done now now speaking of excellent places to eat gumbo apparently brent you also had a uh, gumbo soiree if you will in a, in yes. a state known for its uh it's, it's gumbo louisiana it's cuisine. seafood it a gumbo soiree and a foray as well it was uh it was a, a fail is what it was so i had to go to there's two it wasn't a whole uh 100 fail it was 50 50 so uh two weeks ago before the hurricane a week before the hurricane uh, i went to oklahoma city and i and i texted uh the mayor of oklahoma city and i said hey uh mayor holt where i'm coming to your fair city and i want gumbo because you know i have a podcast where should i go by the way just just note that the brent barksdale the t-boss in our tlc situation is a big timer. He just shoots texts to the mayors of cities. I shoot texts to the mayor. Yeah. Hey, so the boss, I'm going to be in gumbo. I mean, in right. New York, where's the yeah. best gumbo? Nah. Nah. He's just a, a really nice guy. And we're just friends. But uh, I think it was an email, whatever. It was a, a modern day communication. He emailed me back. He's like, well, this is Oklahoma City. So we're not really known for our gumbo. <laughs> I'm surprised the gumbo didn't have beef in it. Right. Uh, he goes, well, you could try this um, seafood place. It's it's really good. Uh, don't know if I've had the gumbo though. Anyway, so I did. Anyway, so I did not go to that place because it just wasn't convenient. So I went to two other places that were more convenient. One was uh, I'm not going to name the name because it was probably one of the worst gumbos I've ever had, and I it wasn't even. I'm not going to spend more than ten seconds talking about it. It was just horrible. It was just horrible. Uh, I don't really, I blocked it from my memory, but the next place I went to, uh, was Pearl's oyster bar. And, and I'm looking at the, if you look at the website, it's, it's got, I mean, their menu is fabulous. I mean, so many options, 
uh, seafood options. Uh, the gumbo was good. Uh, and if you look at the menu, it says Pearl's gumbo, shrimp, andouille, and chicken, quote, the best gumbo anywhere. I mean, that's bold, the best gumbo anywhere. Now, maybe the best gumbo in Oklahoma City, sure. Uh, anyway, so the gumbo was good. It had a ton of meat, um, perfectly cooked rice, good flavor. Um, I was a fan of their gumbo. It, it was much better than the one I had earlier uh, in the week, the day before, at the place that we're not going to name. So their gumbo was good. I only got a cup because I also got an entree, which was the seafood skillet. Um, and the seafood skillet was basically every seafood you could think of covered in cheese in a skillet. It was amazing. Um, then unfortunately before that we're about to have a new podcast the skillet podcast the the seafood skillet i mean i had everybody at my table got the seafood skillet so i had to get the seafood skillet just because the name alone Mm. um but unfortunately there was an appetizer order before i got there and it was this cheesy crab dip that came with uh chips like chips and salsa but it was chips and cheesy crab dip and it was really good so that's why I only got the cup of gumbo because I knew I was going to be full. So satisfied, great meal, good seafood. Uh, I recommend Pearl's Oyster Bar in Oklahoma City. It was really good. And the gumbo was really good. So I'm just looking at their menu. And, and the service was good, too. Well, that's always positive. So I'm looking at their menu, and I noticed that a cup of their gumbo cost $5 and a bowl of their gumbo cost $6. And I'm wondering where the line of like gumbo inflation was because you, you I paid $18 for my bowl of gumbo in Rapid City, yeah. South Dakota, and you were paying $6. So somewhere you crossed like the gumbo uh, meridian. Now there's there's Pearl's Oyster Bar, there's Pearl's Crab, Pearl's Crab House. You're at the right place. But Pearl's Oyster Bar, it's a couple of gumbo, six bucks, a bowl, seven bucks. I don't know why oh. I didn't get the bowl if it's only a dollar more. I just... Yeah. I didn't really look at the menu. I just said, you got gumbo? They said, yeah. And then the, they were all having seafood skillet. So I just had to get that. Because you have to pull it up on your phone now with the, the QR code. I was just too lazy to do all that. <laughs> I, I, Feynman, the only thing I can think of that would explain that price difference is that your uh, your harvest rice was out of season. Thus, you know, there was a it was a little more pricey. I was there. I was there in August. I have no idea if that's close to harvest. Yeah. So the rice. Yeah. So, well, that's, that's super interesting. Um, that the gumbo, uh, there was pretty good. It was shrimp, chicken, and andouille, right? All the things. Yep. I don't remember if it had tomato or oak or any of that stuff. It it was like three weeks ago. I've, I've, you know, it's it's a blur at this point. Yeah. 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 Busy three weeks. Well, uh, cool. Well, Dave, you, uh, you went gumbo free for the last couple of weeks, huh? I did no gumbo on this uh, since the last time we uh, we did the episode, but I'm going to be traveling again this week. Be going to a couple of different spots, and uh, who knows? Maybe I'll find some gumbo. Maybe I won't. See where the world turns. Where where, where, where the world takes me. I'm messing my cliches up today. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, well, cool. Well, look, I will uh, perhaps next week also chronicle some reopening New Orleans gumbo establishments. I will say, Dave, I'm pretty sure. Uh, everything in the last week is such a blur, but I'm pretty sure the shortstop took some pretty significant damage. Yeah. Um, and Mittendorf's. So Mittendorf's. Yeah, Mittendorf's. Uh, the shortstop in Metairie, one of Dave's gumbo places, uh, you know, one of his canonical gumbo places. So uh, I need to get by there and try and see when they're cranking up some gumbo again. 
Uh, canonical. Canonical. Did you say that? I did. I got to write that down. Canonical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while, while we start to wrap up, I mean, since we went back to the hurricanes of fame, I got a lot of folks up here in the D.C. area that always ask about Louisiana and how folks are affected and how they can help. Before uh, before we end this episode, do you want to give a plug for any organizations that are helping out that you know people can reach out to if they want to donate or get involved? Yeah, I think uh, and I didn't look a ton of this up, but I think you're always safe given to Second Harvest. Second Harvest is doing a lot of good work. Uh, down here right now. And there's a lot of people in need. I mean, the, the uh, you know, food, in grocery stores are already starting to open up, but food scarcity, supply scarcity, things like that, Second Harvest is all over it. And so my my best piece of advice is just to find Second Harvest and, and give to them. And uh, and that way, even as some people like, like myself, I'm minimally affected, really, you know, in, in terms of that. But there are a lot of people in New Orleans who are gravely affected by this. And to mention nothing of the people who are struggling because the pandemic has ended so much of New Orleans economy, um, this is just gonna wreak further havoc on that, their industries and whatnot. So yeah, I would say Second Harvest would be my, uh, my sort of go-to on that. Um, they're doing good work, they continue to do good work, they've been doing good work. So yeah. That's what I would say. And thanks, you know, thanks to everybody for their concern. We, we definitely feel it. There's groups from all over the country here now helping out, uh, helping people. You know, it's again, the streets are canyons in some areas where you're just driving between piles of debris. So, uh, so yeah, it's a tough time, but it's, it's kind of what you're used to here in Southeast Louisiana. It's becoming, in South Louisiana really, it's becoming an all too regular occurrence. Oh, fame, I have to mention one thing before we go. Uh, we talked to the people in, uh, in New Iberia and Iberia, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. They are going forward with the Gumbo Champion World Gumbo Cookoff Championship Super About Bowl a month away Extravaganza. Now, huh? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 sticking to the plan. Hurricane and all, uh, they survived and we're moving forward. We can find. I believe. That. I believe that's the Greater Iberia Chamber of Commerce, Brent. There you go. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. Well, we'll look forward to getting together in person in October. And um, and I think that's going to do it for this episode of The Gumbo Show. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Oh, hit us on our social media channels at uh, on Instagram at DA Gumbo Show, at uh, Gumbo Show, on Twitter at Gumbo Show. And uh, we're on Facebook, search for The Gumbo Show. We also have a, web a website, gumboshow.us. So hit us on there. Let us know what we can do to help out. Let us know. Uh, what gumbos we should try. And until next time, may your roofs be dark and your bowls be full. Mm -hmm.